Just a quick reminder, if you like this video, please do hit that thumbs up button. It does help the channel immensely. Also, leave me a comment. Let me know what your favorite story of the collection was. Enjoy. I was about 18, and I was not allowed to leave my house when it got dark. Weirdly enough, if I left my house early, I could stay out late, but my parents would never let me actually go out with my car if it was already dark. <laughs> I decided that I would leave at about 6. It was a cool late September or early October day, I believe. It was 2004. And I would drive into a court in my neighborhood and just hang out and do my makeup until it was time to meet with my friends. I grew up in a very nice area on Long Island in New York, and the houses were like many mansions. There was this weird house, though, that was in the court that was absolutely abandoned and disheveled, and no one lived there for sure. This house was like this for years. My older brothers and their friends would go in there and explore and look around when they were in high school and college, eight to twelve years older than me for a time span on how long this house had been abandoned and all messed up, just sitting in a crazy nice neighborhood. They told me that the house was literally full of stuff. You could see a lot from the outside, even though it was boarded up. It was like completely full of everything. It was crazy because the house had mail on the table, old food in the fridge. They literally left everything. My brothers used to grab things and bring them home to look at and stuff. They left family photos, clothes, toys, dolls, Christmas ornaments, paintings. My brother found a real Picasso print and tons of other art. There was huge game machines like in an arcade, etc. It wasn't shocking because it's a great area, but... Who would leave family pictures like that? It's like someone just decided they had to go or run. I don't know. I've tried to look into it for years, but never was able to find info. But back to what happened. I was doing my makeup and parked my car right on the part of the court that was on their property side. So if you looked out of the car to my left, I could see their backyard. You could see right through. It was fall, so the leaves were sort of barren, and all of a sudden, I just glanced to my left into their backyard, and I caught a glimpse of this beautiful, bright, sunny day with the pool all filled with water and kids splashing. It looked like a party, just a fun, sunny day. I didn't think about it for a split second, and I looked in the mirror, then wide-eyed and freaked out as I looked back. Wait, what? How? Where? What? I literally drove away immediately and told my friend because she always heard stories about the house. I never, ever understood what that could be, or what happened. Maybe I saw some energy of whoever lived there before, or maybe I saw the future. It's funny, because a couple years later they tore the house down and rebuilt another and a family moved in. I don't know them but I always wonder if they ever see anything weird in their house. I mean, again, who leaves family photos? Oh, wait, one more thing. So, so, my brothers brought the pictures, and all of a sudden, one of their girlfriends and their other friend Dave, 
who just passed away about a month ago, actually pretty young, looked at me. I was probably going nine or ten at the time that they were going into the house. And there were photos of a girl, I guess the daughter who lived in the house, and it looked just like me. Literally, but just a little bit older. But me, if I was a little older. It was really, really weird. I almost forgot about that, actually. But yeah, I don't know. Is this a glitch? I don't know if maybe this was me in another timeline, and maybe that's why I saw the party in the back? In the beginning of 2019, I went to a boarding school in Denmark. Taking a 10th grade before going to what can only be compared to high school, but in Denmark. The boarding school and all 105 students were in the middle of preparing for a big theater concert that would premiere just a few days later. Live music, acting, story, all the things we would focus on in our specific lines, meaning that me and a friend had to help with sound, video, and so on. This friend's name is Mikkel, and he's important to what happened. So, a few months earlier, school had made a poetry slam competition, and I had written a poetry slam about who I am and what I hope people see me like. And the theater teacher had quietly asked me if I would be interested in adding a secret part to the theater concert, being my poetry slam. I accepted. For a long time, it was just called The Secret Scene, and most people didn't know until theater started practicing, because me, being in media, was suddenly a part of their work. On the night of the big reveal and first playthrough, I had asked Mikkel to go with me. I'm shy and anxious, and I didn't want to hang out there alone. I didn't know the theater people that well, and so we went to the Diamond, like we call it, to play through and then went to get cake in the dining hall afterwards. So I'm sitting there eating a piece of cake and getting a cup of tea, and Mikkel joins me at the table. Sitting on the edge of the table, He's looking down at me a little, and we're talking about a video we were working on for the big theater concert. It's in the corner, by the way. We're, like, kind of alone, everyone else being busy with their things. So, Mikkel says, Alright, and so what we have to do... He blinks, losing the thread of what he was saying. But it's late, both me and him are tired. I don't think much about it, and so he repeats himself. And I'm listening closely, paying attention to what he's saying so that I can try and picture it in my head, and so on. Uh, what we have to do with the video is cut off. Like, with the blink of my eyes, he's looking in a completely different direction, talking to a person who wasn't there just seconds ago, before just walking away, not even looking over his shoulder. I told him about it afterwards, and he was like, That can't be. You weren't even there. I mean, Terza said you went straight to your room after practice. I was looking for you, and you just disappeared. Or something like that. You get the idea. Afterwards, he claimed there to be big differences in my poetry slam, 
but that it had gotten a lot better with the changes. And everyone else thought so, so I never challenged it. When I hung out with him a few months ago during summer break, we happened to talk about it again. And he is now completely sure that I never changed my poetry slam either. But that the night after practice, I had zoned out while he talked, and had seemed really ill and scared until after the premiere night, where I became myself again. Supposedly. And that he, during those days, often would find me forgetting major parts of my poetry slam. I don't even know. This happened about a year ago outside my apartment complex. I was hanging out with a neighbor who lives in building number one, I live in building number four, and at around somewhere between 12 to 2 in the morning, I decided to go back to my place. There's an open entrance that comes all the way through the building, so one could go exit each way. They both lead to open space parking lots. I usually take the back exit, but this time I went through the front because I could hear there was a party in one of the houses across the street, and I was curious. To add more context, when you step out of the building, there's a small hallway between the parking lots and the building, and this connects the whole complex. Here's where it gets interesting. The second I step outside, my entire attention went to someone that seemed to be sitting at the end of the hallway, around two meters from the entrance of my building. I really cannot begin to describe the feeling I had in my gut when I saw that man or figure. It was like a prehistorical sixth sense of danger. I decided to keep walking straight to my building instead of taking the back. I figured this way at least I can keep an eye on that dude, creepy things aside. It's not uncommon to see someone in the parking lot, but the whole vibe was off. Plus, it was pretty late, so I tend to keep my guard up. As I keep walking, I never lose the figure out of my line of sight. I start to get closer, and I can tell it's definitely a guy sitting down, but something seems odd. He's not really moving nor responding to my footsteps or any other stimuli for that matter. When I finally get to the entrance of my building, I can finally take a better look of who's sitting there and... Oh, that person didn't seem to have a face. It was blank. Just like skin, with no eyes, nose, or mouth. In that moment, I felt the most horrible sense of panic I've ever felt. I gasped in fear and shock as I pretty much ran into the building and up to my apartment. From here, you can still see the bottom of the parking lot, but by this point, the building itself was covering my vision of where the thing was supposed to be sitting. However, I kept looking as I went up to see if someone passed by, but no one did. When I got to my apartment, I looked out the window down to the parking lot and there was no one there. I know it was dark and late, and I try to believe there's some logical explanation to this, but I must say, it was a creepy experience that I won't forget. 
Two very close friends of mine and me have often had long conversation about glitches in the Matrix, the world being a simulation, etc. And we've since experienced it about three times and thought we were going completely nuts. This one sticks with me because all three of us experienced it together. We had plans to get stoned. We were all completely sober when this happened. We planned to be together, and, obviously, snacks were important. I got a fat bag of nachos and cheese dip, along with some cola, with, I don't know, let's call him Ricky and head it over to Corey's, who live in a single-room apartment. I enter the room with Ricky, and with him holding the nachos and dip, and me holding the cola. Fast forward about an hour, Corey didn't score any yet, and Ricky had to leave. I lay down on the bed and asked Corey to pass me the nachos from the part of the table I had seen Ricky placing them on. And Corey goes, What nachos? I'm like, Um, obviously the big bag of nachos in the corner of the table? And he just says, uh, There are no nachos. I get up to get a better view, and there are no damn nachos. I go, like, just look under the table, and that's when Corey says, I was wondering why Ricky had dip but no nachos. I then asked him about a thousand times if he's sure he saw Ricky bring no nachos, and he says, yeah, and that he was extremely confused there for a moment about why we, again, had dip but no nachos. So, Ricky and I definitely saw nachos going into the room, but Corey didn't. I definitely know Ricky didn't take them with him because he didn't have a backpack of any kind, and the nacho bag was big enough for me to notice if he would have taken it with him. We searched for those damn nachos everywhere we possibly could. Even though neither of us saw anyone leave the room with them, nor did Ricky or me change the location of them from the table. This story really triggers all three of us because... Even though the thing that glitched is so insignificant itself, the way it did is just so crazy. All three of us know exactly what happened, but we sound crazy even when explaining it to ourselves. Today... I was selling some clothes that I don't need anymore at a popular teen consignment store called Plato's Closet. I've never sold with them before, which is important. I was browsing while they were sorting through my clothes and found a very distinct pair of jeans that I lost track of a year or so ago. They're jeans that I distressed by hand and had a now former friend patch with Galaxy Fabric and she did a really crappy job at it, and also added a semicolon decal, which are the two most identifying characteristics. I found the video of me distressing them, and it was done in 2018, and when I moved to Idaho in 2019 for college, I lost them. I moved back to Texas in 2020. I didn't like them, so it really wasn't a big deal, but now they're in this store, that is 1,500 miles away from where I lost them, and they've been there for four months max, according to the associates, since they cycle things out every two seasons. More weird details. They somehow had my old home address in the system, 
despite me never selling with them before, and the ID they used to enter me into the system having my current address on it. This can't be explained with someone selling the genes in my name. You have to have a photo ID to sell with them, and when they scan the ID it brings up the information on your ID and nothing more. And to top it all off, I have my receipt and order number for the transaction. This has been a very weird and surreal experience for me. Update. I went back to the same Plato's closet, and they predictably were not there. None of the staff that was working yesterday was working today, and the lady at the counter kept giving me attitude when I was asking questions. I eventually left my name and number with them, just in case whoever bought them brings them back, since, honestly, they were one of the most ill-fitting jeans I've had, and the patches weren't even finished. You could stick your hand right through the holes. I know they're not going to call me, though, and I'm probably never going to see those jeans again. Or, I might, in ten years. In a different Plato's Closet in a different country, <laughs> So, somebody else has these traveling pants now. Well, hello, lovely listeners. I hope you all enjoyed this collection of glitch stories. I would like to extend a thank you to all of the Redditors who let me use their stories, as usual. Uh, I definitely appreciate it, and I'm very appreciative of the fact that they trust me to read these in a manner that is respectful. Um, and I do my best, and hopefully that reflects through. Uh, yeah, but really, just again, thank you to everyone who lets me read their stories. Thank you to everyone who listens to these stories. And a huge thank you to everyone out there that enjoys my channel. And even if you don't, thank you anyways. Well... I hope you all did enjoy this collection of stories, and if you did and would like more content like this, or content that is so vastly different, it's like comparing my cat to Edgar Allan Poe, they're not the same, just just take my word for it. Um, please consider joining the Nevermore. To do so, all you have to do is hit that subscribe button and the bell icon next to it. That makes you part of the Nevermore. You can also support the growth of the Nevermore by following me on any of my social media pages, going to my website, or, as always... Supporting me through Patreon or coffee, all of it optional, all of it appreciated, appreciated, all of it appreciated. Um, if you support through Patreon and you get at least the $6 tier, you get some fancy stuff, fancy stuff incoming to those of you who are on that tier. And if you don't do that or you just go for the $2 tier, you get early access to all of my videos in audio format. I hope you're all doing fantastic and I hope I'll see you on the next video. But if I don't, or even if I do, regardless, I hope you can lay down at night and sleep well.